SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Joe, conceptually speaking, I don't know how the Marlins are going to be able to proceed. They've already canceled their game tonight in Miami. And um, Andy Slater, who's a local radio host here, just reported a couple of minutes ago that the Orioles are flying back to Baltimore. So that would indicate that tomorrow's game, in all likelihood, has been postponed as well. The Yankees game tonight at Philadelphia has been postponed. And so for this to continue, a number of different things are going to have to happen. The first thing is that the Marlins, who were retested this morning, are going to have to test positive. um, Excuse me, negative positive. They're going to have to test negative in order to get back on a baseball field. And they're also, Joe, going to have to find 15 guys, essentially, or 12 guys to field a team this year as we welcome our radio audience and listening to SportsGrid as well. So I I don't know how they continue. I don't know how or if the baseball season will continue. I guess their goal is to press on at this point. But being somebody that covers the Miami Marlins, they now, Joe, are put in an almost impossible position if they're asked to continue, which they may, of fielding a minor league baseball team against other major league baseball teams. Yeah, and right now everything's speculation. I think that's where we're at with everything. We just have to wait and see. And uh, to get ahead of ourselves would just be foolish at this point in time. However, this was always a possibility. It was a possibility we discussed, too. What happens if it runs through an entire team? Well, it looks like we're going to have our answer to what happens. Unfortunately, it happened within the first weekend of being back, which I don't think anybody wanted. Nobody, there's no good time. That's for damn sure. Uh, but certainly uh, the honeymoon is over pretty quickly here for Major League Baseball. So I guess we're in the wait and see pattern. And hopefully as we go on, we'll have a little bit more clarity in today's show as the afternoon continues. Yeah, and we'll be here for you here on Sports Grid, And I'll be uh, on a couple of other shows later today. And, and certainly you can follow along here. We are live for the next two hours. And so... I'm happy to bring you everything that I possibly can to you, but I think that the question that a lot of people have at least asked me in a lot of the previous interviews that I've done, and we'll do some a little bit later today, is why the game was played uh, on Sunday, knowing that they had several positive tests and potentially more to come, which essentially, in my mind, derailed two other teams because the Yankees and Phillies can't play tonight either because the Marlins were using the visiting clubhouse in Philadelphia. So... We'll have more on this coming up next on Sports Grid. I'm Craig Mitch along with Joe Pizzapia. Stay on the grid. We're back right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back to Sports Grid. I am Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia. We're here for you every day on Fantasy Sports Today from noon to 2 Eastern. Sports from a fantasy perspective, gambling perspective, and of course today on a reality perspective as well. You can follow Joe on Twitter at Joe Pizzapia17. You can follow me on Twitter at Craig Mish. Make sure you go to our website, sportsgrid.com. we got a lot of great programming for those of you who may be tuning in for the first time. All right, Joe, so going back to what we were talking about before we took the break, the question is now being asked, should the Marlins uh, have played yesterday should they have played that game in philadelphia 
with the with the knowing that they had more than one positive test. Now, in the MLB handbook, MLB can step in if they determine that a team has had an outbreak. I'm not sure if this is determined. This obviously was not determined an outbreak by them at this time because they went ahead and they went forward with the game. But they were essentially missing three players uh, going into Sunday with another one who was out from a couple of previous days. And Joe, I think that's the dynamic that we really have to dive a little bit more into here because mm-hmm. when asked yesterday about it in the post game. Uh, Don Mattingly, the manager, said he wanted to play. He said that he spoke to the leadership council on the club. They said that they wanted to play. But, Joe, I'm not sure that that should have been in the hands of the Marlins to make Mm. that decision. And I think that at some point we're going to have to get more clarity on that, why baseball allowed them to play. Because for me, uh, look, even though I cover the Marlins, I understand in a horrible scenario they could whack the Marlins from the season and continue on. It's not something that I want, but these are all scenarios that we can talk about. But – the tracing and the ramifications from this are that of as follows. You had a club in a visiting clubhouse that was supposed to host a game the next day, and you have today you know, a third of the team testing positive, and you essentially ruin the chance for these other teams to play. And that's not an indictment on the Marlins. They went ahead and played, at least as far as I know. But I'm just, to me, that's that's one, at least right now, that's one question that's being asked quite a bit is, could something have been done differently in terms of that? Because we are Monday morning quarterbacks here and we do discuss those sort of things. But to me, that's the real question, I think, at this point. No, it is Monday. So I guess that's appropriate. But uh, I think it's a very fair question. And I think even more of a fair question to say, should it be in their hands to begin with to make that sort of a decision? Should it be out of their hands? Should the guidelines be taking over there? Because I think the inherent nature of players is competitiveness. They're going to want to play. There's no doubt about that. So if you give them the option, they're always going to choose to soldier through for the most part, as much as fans sometimes want to rag on players or organizations for, oh, you know, they're, they, you know, they're, they're cushioned or whatever it is, or they don't want to play or they don't want to play hurt or whatever it is. No, players want to play. Uh, that is one thing you can pretty much mark down for the most part, 90% of them, maybe even 99%. However, I think it's a really fair question to ask, especially looking back on it. Should it be in their realm to make this sort of a call? And uh, to me, I think the answer is probably not, because if you know the competitive nature of players is always to want to go out there and soldier on for the betterment of the club, for the betterment of the game, to go out there against the opponent. I think the risk you run, clearly we've seen what that risk is. And I don't know if the risk is worth the reward of playing that one game. And this is the inherent problem, I think, with baseball to begin with. Baseball is an everyday sport. Uh, You know, it's outdoor compared to basketball, but it's an everyday sport. You're back and forth, back and forth, in and out of clubhouses, in and out. uh, And the, the different nature of baseball compared to the NFL, which is playing one game a week as opposed to playing six or seven games in a week. And I think you always had to understand that there was a greater risk factor involved from baseball just from that alone. Before you get into bubbles, before you get into any other conversation. And I think that's something that everybody had to know going into this, Greg. Yeah, and I and I think that. For me, I definitely think that there's a lot that that can potentially be learned from this uh, for for the NFL and and maybe the NBA this week and potentially even the NHL too. But my my you know going back and thinking about this, if, if tests cannot be done more rapidly, and essentially what you're looking at in these cases is somewhere between 12 and 24 hours and getting those results. I'm not sure that it is a good plan to have players, coaches, and staff flying around the country even a day before the game because they could be positive going on a plane. Now, I know that that's 
it's probably anecdotal what happened with the Marlins, and maybe it won't happen to anybody else the rest of the season. And and maybe that had nothing to do with them flying on the plane and, and one player infecting the team. I don't I don't know what happened, and I don't have that answer. But show and go in baseball is the only way to go for me this year. Because if you delay getting on that plane, Joe, by 12 or 14 hours, there I would have to think the percentage chance increases that you'll know if one of your guys is positive and you can leave that person behind. On top of this, Joe, let me say something else. All of the Marlins players that tested positive for COVID-19, I know it's like, oh, you know, they're millionaires, they're all making a lot of money and who cares? These guys are all stuck in that hotel in Philadelphia for two weeks. They're not even mm-hmm. in they're not even back in South Florida. They have to stay there. They can't even go anywhere. So to me, if there's one thing that can that can get fixed or that baseball can fix or football hopefully can fix is every other day testing, it's just not going to work. And traveling the day before the game is not going to work because you're you're opening yourself up to not knowing that players are potentially positive. And, and, and that's the unfortunate part that I don't know can be changed in terms of what Miami has done, in terms of what the Marlins has done. I said this before, and I'll say it again. Joe, they had three weeks of no, of no positive tests. None. Right. And, I mean, playing, playing every day at Marlins Park. And, and by the way, this is with the lines of cars outside Marlins Park of people, getting, of people testing. And, and none of their players did. What happened? The second they went on the road, Joe, they go on the road, they go to Atlanta. What in the world happened? I mean, they, they went on a plane. For, they went to, the, the, to play at uh, Truist Field. They played there two days. They go on a plane to Philadelphia. They come back and wiped out, you know, 40% of the team. Yeah. Look, is this just the this is the reality of where we're at, which is why it's, you know, such a dangerous and scary thing. And and it's funny because I feel like just last week we we're having this discussion about, well, what's the NFL doing? They seem to be just kind of sitting back and waiting. And part of me wonders if they were just waiting to see how MLB's plan was going to succeed or fail or or you know what you can learn from it, because I guess to a certain extent. How much can you get out of (laughs) pre-planning? You know, you have to kind of see, okay, well, this plan is what the NBA is doing. This is what MLB is doing and kind of look between all these different leagues and try to see what works and what doesn't. And, you know, maybe the waiting game for the NFL is the best thing to do until they come to an idea of, okay, this works, this doesn't. We need to find a hybrid. And look, the NFL is going to have to react to this too. And I don't want to kind of shift this to NFL, but I know that's on a lot of people's minds right now, not just the Major League Baseball season, but what about rest of sports the rest of the year? I think it's a fair question to be asking, but at the same time, I would also say that the NFL should be looking at this and be ready to make adjustments, be ready to take your schedule, say, you know what, this is not going to work with travel. You know, look at what happened to Major League Baseball in one weekend, and it's it's very scary stuff. There's no way around that, and uh, right now, I mean, I'm sure as more information is trickling in here, it's it's a very difficult thing to now say, okay, Marlins, you're going to go out there with basically not a couple players from this taxi squad. But we're looking, what, a third of the team, right, Craig? So in your opinion, is that Major League Baseball? Yeah. And the other thing that I'd like to add before we go to to the update here, and I'm getting, you know, a lot of comments today, and and this is being said a lot to me today. I want to be clear on one other thing. I commend the NBA for doing what they did and putting everybody in, in the hotels that I stayed at when I go to Disney World, like the Yacht Club and the Beach Club and all those places. And, and, I, and I absolutely commend them for that. They did the right thing. They put everybody in the bubble, and that's cool. The NBA has 15 guys to worry about. Baseball has 30. The NFL has 50 or 60. 
it is simply not possible to bubble up that many people to and with travel to play an entire right. season. It, it, it's not going to happen. So the thought that, oh, the NBA is so great and, and baseball is not, it's an apples and oranges conversation. It can't be done. There, there, there's too many elements to it. And if football is so smart, they're not planning on doing it either with all of the, the players that they have playing there. So, yes, I commend the NBA. They made the right call. It's great. I mean, we're going to have it back this week. It may be the only thing that we have back to talk about this week. And I think that's fantastic. But to take shots at Major League Baseball based on the NBA having half their players in hotels, and they don't forget, the NBA also whacked a bunch of teams before this all started too. So let's you know look at this with a different perspective. It is not that easy to get this accomplished. Are there missteps along the way? Yes. Will I tell you what those are, what I think they are? Yes. But don't start comparing the leagues <laughs> because there's no comparison between what the NBA has and what baseball and football have. It just It's just not the same. All right. We got the uh, update coming up next year. Dan Strafford is going to join us with the latest. And then Joe and I will be back right here on Sports Grid on Fantasy Sports today. So don't go anywhere. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The Miami Marlins home opener against the Baltimore Orioles on Monday night has been postponed as coronavirus cases continue to pop up among the team. Now they're saying eight players and two coaches with the Marlins have tested positive for the virus as an outbreak has spread throughout their clubhouse and brought the total cases in recent days to at least 14. This is a report from ESPN and ESPN.com. The Marlins remain in Philadelphia and continue to undergo testing after their weekend series there. Baltimore General Manager Mike Elias confirmed that the game in Miami was postponed. On Sunday, four Marlins players tested positive for the coronavirus, including that day's starter, Jose Urena, according to sources familiar with the situation, leading the team to delay its postgame trip home amid concerns about a possible outbreak. Jorge Alfaro, Garrett Cooper, Harold Ramirez all joined Urena as positive tests that are now known publicly. We wait to hear word of how many players are infected and whether or not this is a possible spread to other teams as well. In the NFL, NFL players who contract the coronavirus through, quote, high-risk activity away from team facilities can face team discipline and may even be at risk of not being paid. That's according to the league's new protocols, a memo sent by the NFLPA to the agents of players this weekend. ESPN obtained a copy, outlined several rules governing player contracts as well as opt-out provisions and the contractual consequences of a canceled season. Per the memo, the NFL defines high-risk conduct as attending an indoor nightclub with more than 15 people, an indoor bar with more than 15 people other than to pick up food, an indoor house party with more than 15 people, an indoor music concert, entertainment event with more than 15 people, a professional sporting event other than the applicable NFL games or events with more than 15 people, an indoor religious service attended by more than 25% of a venue's capacity. In baseball news, Houston Astros ace Justin Verlander will miss time with a strained right forearm, but he is disputing a report that he's finished for the season. The Houston Chronicle cited two sources in reporting that Verlander would miss the rest of the season. He was quoted on Twitter as saying, quote, the report that I'm currently missing the rest of the season is not accurate. There is a forearm strain. I'm hopeful that with some rest it will heal. I'll be able to return soon. Thank you for all the well wishes. And 
we await word on Steven Strasburg. He was scratched from his start on Sunday with a nerve issue in his hand. We don't know yet his long-term prognosis or if he'll hit the injured list. I'm Dan Straffer, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. All right, thanks very much, Dan. And Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia, back with you. We're here live on Fantasy Sports Today on Sports Grid from 12 to 2 Eastern as we press on with this 2020 baseball season. And, of course, throughout the show, there's going to be a lot happening. So we'll keep you updated uh, throughout that as well. And certainly any of the other sports and in terms of news, we'll give it to you. But the predominant story today, of course, here on the show, if you're just joining us, is several players on the Miami Marlins baseball team have tested positive for COVID-19, certainly putting their season in flux nonetheless. And uh, Joe, some options just kind of coming in for them that we can discuss because it does affect everything here is, is the tonight's game against the Orioles is, is postponed. Tomorrow's game against the Orioles is, is probably postponed because the Orioles are flying uh, back to Baltimore right now. So I'm guessing that game is out too. And that what Miami could do, Joe, get this, is they retested everybody this morning. They wait on those tests. And the players who are okay to play take a bus to Baltimore and then meet basically, I would guess, probably between 10 and 15, for the time being, 10 and 15 of their uh, reserve players that are sitting at their alternate campsite in Jupiter and then play doubleheaders each day in Baltimore, a day-night doubleheader for both games, and then that's how they would satisfy the amount of games played. So. There you go. Getting all this, everybody. <laughs> Sometimes silence says everything, doesn't it? Um, I, I asked the question earlier, and I, I know you kind of glossed over it, but I'm just curious if you think that's Major League Baseball. Like, I, I understand the taxi squad was going to be here, and they're getting the taxi, folks. I mean, I think that's pretty clear. That's where this is going to be going, or at least that's what they're going to try to do. Uh, I don't think they thought it would be this high of a percentage, but they they had to know. I, I mean, Major League Baseball, I think all of us had to know in the back of our heads that this was always a possibility. It's just, were we going to get it this quickly? And I think that's the big surprise, or maybe it shouldn't be. I guess when all said and done, maybe that shouldn't be the big surprise here. Um, I think if Major League Baseball can find a way to work through this, I feel like they're going to try to work through it because uh, in the end, I always like to say this, greed always wins, right? If it's about making money, it's about uh, trying to get this through. But uh, you don't want to put people's lives at risk. And I think that's always this weird tightrope that we're walking here. So I'm going to ask it one more time to you, Craig Mish. Do you think with a third of a team of a taxi squad, basically, the Marlins basically looking right now like uh, the AAA Marlins, do you think that that is Major League Baseball? And do you think that in this current climate of 60 games, that that is good enough that we're trying to get through 60 games in a playoff here. Is that going to fly? And should it fly? I don't think it should, but I think that that's the only way that this is going to happen at this point, unless you can you know, go into your uh, bag of tricks here, Joe, and, and throw something at me that I haven't heard yet because I don't know the bag's empty from... right now, Mish. I got nothing in the bag for you, buddy. <laughs> I wish I had some in the bag. Uh, but, you know, usually I do. Usually I look. I mean, I think I proved last Friday. I've always got something fun in the bag. But look, man, today, today, not so much. I think there's more questions and answers. I wish there were more answers. And maybe we'll have look, maybe by the end of the show today, we'll have a little bit more clarity of how they're going to proceed. But do you think that that constitutes Major League Baseball when you have a third of a team, not Major League players or more? I, I don't think so, and it puts that club in a terrible spot. I, I don't I don't know how you can ask one team, Joe, to field, you know, let's say, you know, half the team of all players who have never played a game in Major League Baseball. Because for Miami, what you're looking at is 
probably you're looking at Monte Harrison, their outfielder joining the club. He's never played a major league game. Uh, Jesus Sanchez, who they got in the Rays mm-hmm. trade last year when they traded Nick Anderson over there. He's never played a single game. You could be looking at Jazz Chisholm, the player right. that they got in the Zach Allen deal being sent over. There's a lot of talent. Never... There's a lot of talent in those names that you're talking about. Here, here's another question too, and uh, again, you can you can pass on this question because uh, I think it's it's a little loaded, but I'm going to ask it to you anyway because I think Service it bears time. asking. Uh, so Service don't time. worry, just just buckle up. If this were the Yankees or a team that had a lot of expectations, and look, I'm not to say the Marlins don't have expectations. They do. The Marlins are going out there trying to win games like everybody else. But how would this be affecting, I think, the perception of the Marlins right now as a team that's rebuilding? How would this, if at all, the perception change if this were a team that was the Dodgers, the Yankees, a team that was a front runner right now? How does that potentially enter into this mix of this equation? That's an excellent question, and I think that I think it would be different if it affected one of the mainstream teams, the Yankees, the Mets, the Red Sox, the Dodgers. I think that people would look at it a little differently, and maybe they would say that it's not fair for the Yankees to have to continue on or the Dodgers to have to continue on with seven of their guys missing or ten of their guys missing. So um, I think all those things are fair, and, and I'm not really sure – that that the Marlins can handle this. Like, they, they showed a lot of resiliency yesterday, Joe, not having four guys and beating the Phillies, you know? Like, they, they right. showed that. But well, that's now baseball. Asking the, any, given, right, any given night. Any, we right, talked about before, like, right, don't count out the right. Tigers. The Tigers won games this weekend. Like, you know, you, you can't, like, that's baseball. Baseball is, no, no one's going to go 0 and 60. No one's going to go 16 0. It's just not the nature of the beast. But I can't help but in the back of my mind somehow think that, if this was a team that was, like I said, a favorite big market team, that perhaps the response to this might be different. And I, I think it's fair to speculate on that or at least ask the question out loud. I don't think we have an answer on that. All we can give is opinion on that. But I think it bears at least witness. Right. Well, well, let's take it a step further and from the baseball point of view. And we'll, we'll do some fantasy, I promise, here at some point here on the show. <laughs> but, uh, well, this is big from stuff, the baseball, man. I mean, that's what we're doing here. Big stuff today. Yeah, I mean, it, it's the biggest story in four months. So, you know, we, we're going to do it. But uh, think about this from the baseball point of view. Let me ask you this, Joe. Is this fair? You're now okay. asking the Marlins to start the clock on all of their prospects right now. Well, uh, you know what? That was my next question. So you, you took the words out of my mouth. So you're starting, I think... The right thing to do in this case is suspend that rule into the circumstances. It, it, I mean, this is the thing like you had to know this was possible. So the only thing, in my opinion, that you could do that's fair, that if you're all the other owners on that call today, you have to sit here and go, well, this isn't fair. We can't start the clock. I mean, you don't want to start the clock on all these players because of this situation. This is an emergency situation, right? Like, isn't there a guideline for an emergency situation under this? And I don't know if the players union feels the same way either. Like, do the players union not want it to start? Do they want it to start under these circumstances? Uh, I don't of course know, the man. players That's union does, though. Yeah, they I mean, the players union yeah. definitely does. They're probably looking at it like, yeah, like this is, you know. This is great. Like now, now all, you know, now everyone is going to be forced to get paid more money in five years or six years. But, but I I don't think that it's fair. Like I I don't, I don't think so. And and think about this. And it's, it's the Marlins that we're talking about by luck of all this bad luck. But the one that I have well, to know the most luck, about. Well, bad luck, but also good luck because we got you today, dear. Right. That's well, why. So that's good luck for part us. of it. But, but when you, when you, when you rebuild Joe, like the Marlins mm-hmm. rebuilt. And traded a lot of major assets. 
yeah. and got to this point. And, and now they're basically saying, you know, all the development that you had, we're taking away your minor league season because they did. And right. now we're forcing every single one of your guys on Friday night to face off with Scherzer, Corbin, and Strasburg. Good luck. Have fun. Like, <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't get it. And, and what? In Miami, would you, Joe, would you be grudge? Miami signed Travis Snyder a few days ago. Okay. So right. he's clearly a candidate to join the team. But would it be grudge you, Joe, if like Jose Bautista was on the Marlins tomorrow? Like, honestly? No. I mean, what yeah, would you say? Like, like, yeah, I mean, I get it. Go. You don't want to lose a whole year of control of all these players that you're trying to build around. And look, if the Marlins want to go out there and just sign a bunch of, you know, what's what's Brian Dozier up to? What's what's the next guy and the next guy? I mean, it might be. And and then I guess the bigger question is, do those guys want to play now? And do they want to play for this team that's had exposure? I guess, you know, the more we ask a question, I feel like just another question then comes up, right? So if you're that free agent, if you're Batista, if you're Snyder, if you're Dozier, if you're one of these guys that's sitting out there right now, and the team says to you, hey, we'd love for you to come in and play. We, we'd like to sign you. We'd like to pay you. But just so you know, a third of our team just tested positive, and who knows how rampant it is through our organization. If you're that free agent, do you want to go into that scenario? Is, that enough, is there enough money and enough coin for you to want to take that sort of risk? Yeah, and on top of it, no matter what, Joe, the Marlins are going to have to play in Miami at some point, right? Like, they're going to have to go on a plane soon in the next week. They're going to they're gonna have to leave Philadelphia, I think. I don't think they're getting, they can't play those games at the hotel. So they're going to have to go to a ballpark somehow. And then they're going to have, they have a weekend series coming up here again. Uh, and so I, you're going to have, hel- you know, healthy players, I, I suppose, all together. But would you feel comfortable knowing if you were joining the, the club that every single guy that's to the side, left and right of you is, is healthy? I, I, well, I, look, if I they've had the tests, like, I think this is where you have to kind of, you know, budget between fear and science. If they've had the tests and you've said, OK, this person's clear, they have tested negative, then you have to trust the science of that. And I think that that's very fair. And I think that I personally would. However, I also understand the fear aspect of it. And uh, again, I think that's something that's very, very fair in these circumstances. I, I would also take it a step further. And, you know, we keep asking questions and all they keep leading to is more questions. But man, I, I, I just continue to wonder, like, where are we in terms of, can we get past this week? Like this, if this is it, like, let's say this is the major outbreak. Can we manage through it? Can you get enough players back in the next seven days to make it a smaller hit on this Marlins team and maybe use this as an opportunity to say, hey, look, look how bad it was. We were able to get through it. And maybe that's the rosy way of looking at it. But let's not lose sight of the rosy way, too. It's doom and gloom right now. But I think at a certain point, we also have to remember, okay, well, what is the positive aspect in the best case scenario? And I wonder right now is the best case scenario in the next few days, you get those negative tests and then it turns around and you only had those players come up on the taxi squad for a few days. And can that be a possibility too? Can the optimistic end be a positive and a possibility right now? Yeah, I I think that inevitably, Joe, uh, they can all test negative, but they're quarantined for 10 to 14 days. Once you test positive, that's the rule. Right. So uh, yeah. you're not seeing any of the players for two weeks. So you're looking at a final three or four weeks of the season. By the way, Joe, if the players that tested positive choose to come back, and that there is no question in my mind that That's that is true. going to come up as well, that they may say, you know what? This just ain't worth it after what's gone on here. And that's something that we'll have to keep an eye on as well. All right. 
So we continue on here on Fantasy Sports Today on Sports Grid with the top stories of the day. We'll mix in some fantasy discussion for you as well. Don't go away. We're back right after. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back. It's Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia as we follow the breaking news of several Miami Marlins testing COVID-19, having their season in flux, having Major League Baseball season in flux, and certainly where we go from here. Joe and I are definitely diving into that throughout the two-hour show. We'll continue to do it. By the way, if you missed any part of the show, I went through this really for the last 40 minutes. Well, I'll still do it, but if you want to go back and watch uh, on demand on our YouTube channel, we have not just my show, but a lot of the great shows that are on here on SportsGrid. You can go back over on our YouTube channel and also go to SportsGrid.com. And, and basically everything that we talk about here on the show is fantasy, uh, wagering, and even reality-based. So uh, just to kind of recap sort of where we are, Joe, we're going to wait on word now here where the Marlins stand and basically where Major League Baseball stands on the Marlins. Uh, Joe, Derek Jeter, the CEO of the team, put out a statement essentially saying that the health and safety of the club is first and foremost. I had Derek Jeter on my podcast last week, and we went into it a little bit. And and Jeter basically said that even himself has not left his house during this whole entire time, having two young kids, with the exception of going to the ballpark. That has been it for him. So I know that he takes this very seriously, and we'll just kind of have to see where the future holds. But I think that the baseball side of this, Joe, is is probably the next story for us, and maybe that's later today or tomorrow where we start to figure out what that squad is going to look like if MLB does press on for the rest of the season. Yeah, and just to give it a fantasy spin, because we are fantasy sports today, I think this is what Craig and I have been talking to and about you know, the last few weeks leading up into drafts and redrafts, which is season-long baseball is really difficult. Daily baseball. DFS is difficult right now in this environment. I think we proved that over the weekend, right? I mean, we were talking on Friday about, you know, even Thursday, we're talking about Clayton Kershaw and it was too good to be true. And we had the back crap. That's just normal craziness. But you factor this other craziness into it. DFS is hard enough. And I made the comment last week, I'm going to stick by it. If you don't have the fortitude, the time, the energy, to watch your lineups like you would watch the NBA lineups, then maybe MLB isn't for you right now. But I I think you can still play. You can still get in there. But season long is very difficult right now. I mean, when you're setting, like, think about everybody on Monday, right? You're setting a week-long lineup. It's very difficult. What if you had two Marlins? What if you had, like, all these different things? You know, and you just get this news, and then you weren't able to go back to the waiver wire. I mean, you almost had to be in a daily transaction format, in a daily fab budget format for free agents. It's it's a lot to take in. It's a lot to manage, even though it's only 60 games. It just felt like, uh, unfortunately, the asterisks that uh, you were talking about, Craig, for all these weeks is true. I mean, it really is the team that's going to stay healthier if, indeed, the season continues on. Yeah, and, and I'll give a lot of credit to James Click, who's the GM of the Astros. He was the first one to publicly say it, that the healthiest team in baseball is going to be the team that wins in the end. Mm-hmm. It really is. Speaking of which, let's get to uh, our headlines on the show today, which normally we touch on about 38 minutes ago, but we've not gotten <laughs> it. So let's get to it now. Speaking of which, the Astros are not healthy. 
as uh, Justin Verlander, the you know former Cy Young Award winner, future Hall of Famer, is out with forearm stiffness. There was conflicting reports on that. One report had him out for the year. The other one said maybe not. Verlander responded saying that he hopes to be back. So that's good news for the Astros, although I'm taking all of this with a grain of salt. The season is 60 days, and you simply can't count on anything of that sort. Uh, on the positive side, the Indians looked all the contender over the weekend. They looked great. They won two out of three. Shane Bieber and Carlos Carrasco had two of the probably the best five pitching performances in all of baseball over the weekend. Bieber in particular looked awesome his first night. Now the opponent, of course, yeah, no, not great. Uh, but still, uh, if you you know Bieber and Carrasco, and really good to see Carrasco out of the gate pitch well too. Uh, speaking of doing well, Nelson Cruz is the hottest player on the planet after the, the weekend. He drove in seven on Sunday. So there is no question to me that people are loving uh, what Nelson Cruz is doing. And the Twins really laid it on the White Sox yesterday as well. Uh, Ken Giles, the closer of the Blue Jays, is shut down with elbow soreness and provided things get back to normal at some point. They'll have to find somebody to shut down the ninth inning and we'll see if Giles can come back from this. Uh, very positive sign for the Seattle Mariners. Their top prospect, Kyle Lewis, I watched a lot of his at-bats. I mean, this guy swings for the fences a lot. I don't know if the OBP is going to be there. I don't know if the batting average is going to be there. But this guy can absolutely mash. And he had two home runs, and he had another big hit on Sunday, too. So he is absolutely a name to circle for the rest of the season. And I asked a lot about him. And then, of course, the Marlins are at the bottom here. They should have been at the top. But that's <laughs> changed a lot since... Uh, a couple of hours ago. So, Joe, uh, I've uh, I've packed you up there, a full suitcase. You want to take one of these? Sure. Uh, let's uh, – <laughs> with so many to take. Uh, let's take the Verlander one because, obviously, that probably from a fantasy perspective is the most important. Uh, and uh, forearm tightness is never a good thing. It's usually the precursor. We all know this. The next thing you know, it's the – uh, plasma rich injections and the rest and all those other things. And we've seen some older pitchers too in recent years, not go the Tommy John route and just do the rehab. Cueto's done it. Tanaka's done it. And with mixed success, but it's hard not to be really concerned here. And you should be concerned with Giles as well. Uh, Kyle Lewis, certainly a, a great start for him, but he is one of those uh, two true outcome kind of players. I think he's going to strike out or he's going to hit home run. He's one of those kind of guys got off to a great start. I would look to flip him right now in the short season because the value is not going to get any higher. And Nelson Cruz just never ages. He is Benjamin Button. It is incredible to watch that guy play. And the feel good story has to be Carrasco, doesn't it, Craig? I mean, just yeah. to see that guy go out there and be dominant after everything that kid went through last year. If there's one good thing we could take away from this weekend in baseball after all this craziness today, it's got to be Carrasco, right? I think so, and and I think that that's the heartwarming story of the weekend, too. And I think Daniel Bard is another one, too. Bard hadn't pitched another in the big league yes. in five years, and he's back, and I think that that was a nice story as well. Uh, let's take a look at what Nelson Cruz has done uh, over the weekend. It is, I, I mean, I, I don't ever recall a guy, maybe it was Trevor Story a few years ago, but this is about as hot a start as you can get off to. He's got two home runs and 10 RBIs in three games. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, this is like... Over the over 162. What is this? I mean, ridiculous. I mean, I, 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 I <laughs> yeah, well, we we're not going to get that extrapolation this year. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I guess I, we were talking about Nelson Cruz before, and you know, this is why I don't I don't understand why people wait to select Nelson Cruz in fantasy leagues because yeah, they use only a DH, but you know what? DH is a spot in your lineup, and you're going to have a relative position value. It's well above everybody else when you own Nelson Cruz in that spot. You don't have to have cycling guys in and out 
of that DH or utility spot because you're going to have a premium player who's going to produce. And the guy's in phenomenal shape. He keeps himself in just absolute incredible shape. He does look like he's 27 when he comes up to the plate. It's unbelievable. And it's a great job by him. And uh, I'll tell you what, man, the, that Twins team, they are ready. And they've got better pitching this year. I think they're going to be quite formidable, that's for sure. And certainly if that was the high watermark, I would think that Otani was the low mar- watermark this weekend. The guy had velocity. He was throwing the ball 93 miles an hour. But unfortunately, the control, the feel was just not there. And sometimes things snowball, but not getting out of an inning, recording and out. Not a good start for Shohei Otani and for all of his ownership uh, in season-long leagues, that's for sure. Sure. Let's get back to Cruz here a minute. Uh, 403 lifetime home runs, six-time All-Star selection. Uh, and look, at this at this point, I know that he did get popped for PEDs a few years back, but I got to say that I think that he's headed toward the National Baseball Hall of Fame and he probably has several more years in him, sort of you know, finishing off like David Ortiz did with Boston. Cruz could do this in, in Minnesota. A big part of what Cruz does is he's just a big workout guy, is constantly staying in mm-hmm. shape, whether here in the States or it's uh, in his home country. And Cruz, after the game yesterday, said basically that's what's been keeping him going over the last few years, all the hard work. Day by day, um, trust the work that I put on every day, you know, and 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 just go out there and try to execute, you know. Um, doesn't mean you're gonna work out every day, but if you stick with it, you know, you're gonna be more likely to be successful most of the days. Yeah, and, and I and I think Joe, it's it's sort of a new day with the designated hitter too being around, and I think that this has opened up the door for players like Cruz, and although he's not playing right now, Alvarez on Houston. I think that there are going to be a lot of players who thought that their careers potentially were over. They didn't get the tires kicked on them during the winter, the winter meetings or even after that. And now the designated hitter has lengthened the state of their careers. And so what I think you have to ask yourself with Nelson Cruz is even, I mean, Cruz clearly is going to have a good year this year. But over the next couple of years, if he doesn't perform even at the highest level, there there are 15 more teams if they do institute the universal DH that will take a shot at him mm-hmm getting back to what he used to be. So I could see Cruz pretty easily hitting 500 home runs, Joe. I don't think that's a hot take at all. I mean, he was my favorite uh, in terms of return on investment value on the board for the home run race this year. And you look at that FanDuel race and the odds that he had, they were pretty darn good. And and I kept thinking to myself, why is Nelson Cruz's odds higher? I mean, has anyone watched so many home runs this guy's hit over the last couple of years? He hits for a high average, he's driving in runs. And look, I think it's very important to have Rosario in that lineup too. I don't want that to get glossed over because last year that Twins lineup when Rosario was out of it, you can see Cruz's numbers actually dipped a little bit during that time. So they are collectively important to each other, but uh, it is not to dismiss how great Cruz has been. And let's also not forget that Cruz was kind of a late bloomer back in the Texas days. I don't think he right. even, you know, really took over that everyday job until he was 27 years old in Texas. So uh, he was a late bloomer, you know, finally did break through with Texas. And all these years later, he's still going strong here. And uh, you're probably right. 500 runs certainly seems within his realm. That's no doubt about that. Yeah, and, and, and it's a really good story, too, because he's he's such a good guy in terms of off the field, and uh, his Boomstick Foundation is tremendous and, and donates a lot of money to underprivileged kids. So, uh, you know, certainly happy to see him having the, the kind of performance that he did. Um, there was another key injury over the weekend, Joe, not just with Justin Verlander, but the other one to dive into here a little bit. And I, and I don't think anybody really saw this one coming, but injuries are definitely a big part of this as well as COVID is Corey Kluber. His future is there's no question in doubt at this point, the Rangers made that commitment in the off season to bolster their pitching staff. 
and Kluber, who was once upon a time the ace for the Cleveland Indians, I think the Rangers now find themselves in a tough predicament as well, trying to fill his shoes. They thought that this uh, player was 100% healthy going into the year, and he doesn't even make it out of the first couple innings. Yeah, and, and part of me always wonders, too, is it have something to do with the stopping and starting? Uh, could that also enter into some injuries that we're seeing here early on with the pitching side and, you know, guys being off the routine and then getting into the routine and then ramping up too fast? I don't know. I don't think any of us are really going to know when we look back on this season what the ramifications were with the long term lasting uh, results and effects are potentially, but Corey Kluber is a huge hit to a lot of fantasy rotations and to the Texas Rangers rotation as well. He was there to be that ace of the rotation along with Lance Lynn. And look, I thought he had a lot left in the tank and it's very frustrating here. Cause I have a lot of Kluber shares in my season long leagues, but I mean, look, we're all frustrated here every day. There's something else, some other reason, some other guy going on the IL for a myriad of reasons here. But Kluber certainly from an investment standpoint looks uh, troubling. Nonetheless, the shoulder's never a good thing. And then you look at the Indians here. They had to make a choice, right, between Kluber and Carrasco. So far, after one they weekend, it looks right like choice. the Cleveland Indians made that right choice in going with Carrasco this year and not Kluber. Yeah, they did. All right, so uh, before we break, let me ask you this. Uh, can you play FanDuel today? Well, I did a serial podcast. Normally, we're going to do this. Well, look, you know After what? You break. can actually play you FanDuel. Gotta, I, I think that one of the bats you like was postponed, so do you feel like we yeah. can... We can we can give out a lineup at all today. You think we can give some values? I look, I can't give some values. Unfortunately, the big bat that I like the most to pay off for is not going to be playing tonight anymore. But look, this is only a few hours ago where we talked about this. So a lot is fluid here. But the good right. news is that the pricing on FanDuel is very reasonable tonight. So there's a lot that you can interchange with. Uh, there's a lot of discounted players, a lot of good players. Plus, there's also a lot of fourth and fifth starters taking the mound tonight. So there's not a lot of big-time mm -hmm. pitchers. There's no pitcher above $10,000. Like, everyone's in the 8K. Maybe there's one guy at 9 and change. I think that might be uh, Glass now. Everybody else, I mean, you've got guys like Adrian Hauser, who's cheap tonight. So there is a lot of flexibility, which is a good thing for tonight. It is. All right, so uh, I promise you, those of you who are watching here, and you're looking for the top story of the day, the Marlins, we're going to get right back to that. And we're going to cover it for the final hour of the show, too. We're trying to mix in a little bit of fantasy here and, and a little bit of positivity if we can, too, because it does appear that the Major League Baseball season is going to go on in some form. So when we come back, we'll throw out a couple of, of possible uh, prices here on FanDuel that you may want to dive into, provided baseball plays tonight. And then we'll recap our top story of the day right here on Fantasy Sports Today. This is Sports Grid. Stay on the grid. We're back right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, along with Joe Pizzapia, as we're following the biggest story in sports right now, which is, of course, the postponement of two games in Major League Baseball tonight, the Marlins and Orioles, as well as the Philadelphia Phillies and the New York Mets, and hoping for some clarity in the future to see what ends up happening in baseball. But, Joe, for now, it looks like we're going to have games today. We're going to have games tonight. In fact, we got a game starting in a few hours from now as well, which we'll preview a little bit later in the show. Joe, let's take a look at uh, some of your uh, potential 
good picks tonight. <laughs> for <laughs> well, who's ever left? Right, well, look, we you got to scratch one of them. You got to scratch Giancarlo Stanton because uh, no Yankees playing tonight against the Phillies. So that's uh, the other game that uh, is not happening tonight. But uh, that's okay. We're, look, let's talk a little about Nico Goodrum at the top of that uh, Detroit Tiger lineup. Had himself a pretty good weekend. It's a guy we've talked about on the show. You're looking for a lineup builder. Pfft, doesn't get much better than that. And you have to pay up for bats tonight. If you want to pay up for the guys uh, in Chicago, you want to pay up for some of the guys in Houston, that's worth looking at. You can absolutely do that. Go to the Bregmans, Altuve's, and Springer's. But you're going to need a guy like Nico Goodrum at 2.5K on FanDuel. Uh, I love Adrian Hauser tonight against Brault and the Pirates uh, at 6,000. I mean, this is what I was talking about, Craig. He's one of the better pitchers on the board tonight because we're in that fourth starter in this first, first week of baseball, which is a very weird time. Uh, and, of course, cash game, I'm looking for wins. And I think Houston has a really good chance against Seattle for that W tonight. Uh, Josh James at 6.7. I think he's going to give you some strikeouts, give you a potential for a W, and that's what you're looking for. But, look, there's plenty of guys you could spend up for if you want to tonight besides Stanton since he is now officially off the slate. But good news is there's a lot of value to be had on FanDuel tonight, so you can make a lot of lineups still work with whatever games you got left. Yeah, and and I think that there's going to be games played. So (laughs) for those of you who want to go over to FanDuel – Take advantage of this opportunity right now. Maybe there are some edges to be had with uh, with DFS tonight. The, my only word of caution for you, and I'm glad I've been saying this now for the last few months because it has really hit home today. Uh, wait, wait right up until the games start. And, and this is the nature of the world we're living in with sports and DFS and sports gambling too. Uh, I'm not saying not to do it at all because I'll be involved in it as well. But I am going to wait for inactives. I'm going to wait for players out and i'm going to make sure that players are actually playing in the game back for hour two of fantasy sports today on sports don't go away sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com